This is Corolla Digital. Welcome to Penn's Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Goudeau, and this week, Penn talks about climbing through shit to see his name in lights. It's been 20 years since Penn got paid, and Discovery, if you don't want us to scoop you on the giant squid, you've got five minutes to call us about season two of Penn and Teller Tell a Lie. And here he is, preaching the love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audio books with more than a hundred thousand downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audio book of your choice, go to AudiblePodcast.com/slash Sunday School. AudiblePodcast.com/slash Sunday School. This is Pendulette. Preaching love. Preaching love. Godot just showed us his ass. Yep. You yeah. missed that. <laughs> that was so exciting. He's wearing, uh, he's wearing uh, like uh, sweatpants. Yeah. And he yeah. pulled down the band. He was trying to show us where his new hip went in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we were distracted by his ass. Thank you. <laughs> and I told the story uh, about looking at people's asses uh, when I went to see Ro- Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Now, Road Warrior, Mel Gibson. This is, you know, for people who are younger than me, which is everyone, um, <laughs> Mel Gibson is just like this monster. Grandpa. <laughs> Crazy, Crazy grandpa, grandpa monster. <laughs> right. And uh, to say that Mel Gibson is attractive is insane. And if you look at the first lethal weapon, he's kind of still kind of attractive, but mm-hmm. you still wouldn't notice him, you know? you got to go back to like Mad Max Mad and Max, Road yeah. Warrior, where he looks fabulous. He really does. And if you went back in time to the time of Road Warrior, then I suggest you buy stock in Apple and in Microsoft right then. Skip and the be movie. Your, and be your, don't even bother going to the movie. But if you've already taken care of all that and want to see a movie, I went to see Road Warrior um, uh, when it came out uh, with my uh, girlfriend um, at the time. And there's a scene in Road Warrior where he gashes the back of his leg. Right, through the leather pants. Yeah, through the Mm. leather pants is very, very important here. (laughs) (laughs) And he's walking down the road away from the camera, and there's a shot which pretends, I mean, to me, was a shot of the the gash in his leg to show how injured he is. Mm. But we were watching it, and my girlfriend waited, I mean, a full six seconds into the shot (laughs) before she said, Oh, his leg is cut, which I thought was just a great, great, great moment. And uh, same thing. Godot pulled down his pants. Yeah. Uh-huh. And after that, we saw a bruise, a huge bruise. I mean, a bruise the size of a dinner plate yep. that looks remarkably like the face of Jesus. <laughs> yes, <me too. laughs> and, and it has like a smile cut My into it. My butt is a shrine. <laughs> which, is where they put the, uh, which is where they put the new hip in. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty exciting. Now, see, I don't know why we hide our light under a bushel basket. It seems like that should should have been, you know, for the people who tune in yeah. to uh, and watch on video, that would have been that would have been our great video moment. I believe it violates our terms of agreement with you. Send it to show oh. anything uh, pornographic. Not, uh, <laughs> not you send it. Not, no, not you send no, it. No. Uh, you stream. You stream. Yeah, it violates. But you think that's pornographic? No, no I'm just saying it, it might. I think he <laughs> flatters himself. Sure. You were the one who said it was good ass. <laughs> I did. I did say that, and maybe uh, okay. I guess, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to okay. leave it right there. I'm I see gonna... how this is. <laughs> You're just being sweet. I, you guys are good guys. I like you. Yeah, we are he, good he, guys. He compared just... you to Mel Gibson. You take that for the compliment. Yeah, it is. I am exactly. And I don't mean Mel Gibson, but it's so weird, you know, because some people, I believe at 20, uh, that maybe Paul Newman and Mel Gibson were roughly equally good looking, you know? And then when you hit 60, you know, Paul Newman was still great looking, Mm -hmm. and Mel Gibson looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. You know, I mean, it seems like his head has gotten larger, but his face has remained the same size. <laughs> and so his head is really big, and he's got this little face in the front of it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I was watching uh, whatever the award show was the other night with uh, Jodie Foster yeah, on yeah, and yeah. talking to Mel Gibson, and yeah. they were all just kind of 
crazy. <laughs> I, you know, people were saying what a great speech that was that Jodie Foster gave, and I was just was like, really? I didn't understand a word of it. That yeah, I, 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 I read about it. I didn't. I didn't actually see it. I don't watch those. I watched. I don't watch the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards. I watched those. So I watched watch one in my life because my parents didn't watch the Academy Awards. They didn't care. And then I did. I was always going to movies. If I had time to watch it, I'd go to a movie. And then one, uh, one Academy Award I watched over Al Franken's house. It's the only time I've ever watched the Academy Awards. Which is all he watches, right? You go over his house, he just watches awards <laughs> ceremonies. Yeah. 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 I got it. The guy just loves team, awards. Though. And there were like a bunch of people. Must have been when I was on Saturday Night Live. Must have been like in the eighties or something. And I guess Billy Crystal was hosting. And that's, that's a good bet if you don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, Billy Crystal was hosting. Yeah, but I guess that would put it. We got the time frame there in yeah, the eighties yeah. or something. Mm. And uh, I didn't understand at all why anyone would watch it. The, I also, I mean, in, in terms of full I've disclosure, had, I've had the great pleasure of sitting next to you through an awards. Show for the oh. Emmys when when uh, we were nominated. Oh yeah, and I, sitting next to you was just a, just a delight, really. Well, you know, <laughs> I well, have a pocket full of M and M's, and I'm going here. You go, calm down. It's okay. Well, I went, we went to the M&Ms. Emmys. Well, Teller okay. claims that every yeah. award ceremony is just a YMCA banquet, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, and the yeah. proof of that was Teller and I went to the uh, Porno Award. You know, the big the adult AVN video, the AVN Award, yeah. which mm-hmm. seems like, and it was still like watching someone get best swimmer. You know, it was, it was, they were talking about, you know, gang bangs and it was still uninteresting. People holding a statue and thanking people right. is uninteresting. Is, yes. And people talking about people who are going to be talking about holding a statue is completely <laughs> uninteresting. And during that Emmy Award, because, you know, we went to the Emmys, you know, once bitten, twice shy, won't get <laughs> fooled again, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. You know, I... <laughs> We were nominated for Emmys up the ass, right? Just up. And I mean, and I said this once before, and boy, did I get yelled at. But I'm going to say it again, (laughs) which is we were nominated for real Emmys, not like makeup bullshit. (laughs) Not like Copperfield for best editing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We were like, you know, best fucking show. You know, best direction, best writing, best fucking show. Yeah. Real ones, right. not like you know, not like best scrim. You know, in, in the ba- next. <laughs> well, now I'm offended. I'm a huge scrim enthusiast. I have a scrim blog called Hang in There. It wasn't, you know, it was best best color trans in the background. <laughs> Although color transes are amazing. You yeah. ever see one of those? Uh, yeah. Yeah, pull that off next time you want to try to type a little something funny for your TV show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so when we first were nominated, we foolishly thought that we were like really – like I'll tell you what this is like. When I was at Camp Apex in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. huh? uh, I went to day camp where we shot – 22s and went out in the boats and stuff. Camp and, Apex. Amp- what, not penultimate. <laughs> not penultimate. Not, not, not anti-penultimate, but Apex itself. No better camp ever. <laughs> Never, ever. And who would have thought it's right off the Mohawk Trail? Um, I went to Camp Apex. And my parents sent me to day camp, and, you know, I had the, the chocolate milk, and that's all I remember, mm. really. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we, sh- we shot archery and all that stuff, and we were in the woods and things. And uh, one year, I was awarded honored camper. And I still believe to this day, and my it's parents <laughs> and my sister argue with me about this, um, uh, argued with me as long as they were alive, I'd bring it up and they would argue with me. I believe it was done in order to mock me. <laughs> I really believe that they made me honored camper because they hated me so much. They thought that was a way, oh, we'll make the dipshit think he's important by making him honored camper. And my parents would claim right up until their death that the honored camper thing was true, that I told people stories and they liked it and that I did have high scores in archery and in riflery <laughs> and I was good in this. I'm the only one in the world that calls it this. And I'm forgive me. Everybody that's going to be offended by this, <laughs> okay. forgive me. I'm ready. The when you're making a lanyard, which yeah, talk which sure. you billboarded that I was going to talk about making lanyards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you're making a lanyard for your whistle. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. You have this flattened um, stripple leather. No, no, not stripple leather. Really? Like this plastic, shiny. Oh, okay. Not quite round. Faux leather. Flattish type stuff that okay, comes yeah. up. Oval. Yeah, and you not oval. Ovaloid. Flat and <laughs> like like tiny tape that isn't sticky. All right. But it's thicker that is in bright colors, and you weave it together to make a lanyard, right? Okay. You ever, you ever done that? Yeah, I no, know what you're talking no. about. You know no. what I'm talking about. We called the stuff that we made lanyards out of, we called it gimp. <laughs> gimp. Gimp was what it was called. And everybody called it gimp, and they said, you know, I'll have some orange gimp and some blue gimp, and I'm going to make an orange and blue Maybe lanyard. Maybe you falling for them calling it gimp was why they voted for you. <laughs> <laughs> he still calls it gimp. <laughs> but I was good. I was good with the lanyards, you know, which is surprising because the craft stuff not my strong suit. Um, I, well, actually, I'm trying to find my strong suit. <laughs> and my riflery was okay, and my archery was okay, and my boating and swimming was okay. But uh, honored camp. Well, you're six seven. I mean, you just think like one stroke. And you're there. <laughs> <laughs> when they announced. Honored camper at the big thing with all the parents and stuff. I was humiliated <laughs> as I went up to get my honored camper award. It worked exactly I, as they planned. <laughs> I, I felt they were mocking me. Yeah. And now no one, I've even talked to other people in the camp, and I've said, as adults, you were at Camp Apex with me. When I was honored camper, were, were you mocking me? And they say, you were honored camper? <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, it wasn't part of their lives, you know. Right. That, that, that ceremony just went by quickly. So I at first thought when we were nominated for Emmys for bullshit, I first thought that it was real. And then I began to realize that they were mocking us. <laughs> yeah, ten years in, yeah. yeah. That they were going to always nominate us. And then Queer Eye for Straight Guy would win or, you know, uh, something with the, Kathy. Yeah, we're going to save these it. people and build them a new house show. Yeah, yeah. All those shows we're up against were that win. for some reason. And then everybody knew it, and they just thought, we'll make them come and get dressed up to humiliate them. Yeah. So the first couple, three years, I would show up at the Emmys, and I would tie my hair back, which is, you know, for me, the big thing to do. <laughs> uh, and I would sit, you know, with uh, with uh, Goudot or somebody, and, and I would sit and listen to the whole thing, waiting for them to say. And I would also, and this is embarrassing, but I would also run through my head what right. I was going to say when we won, right? <laughs> you I have go. to beat me to the stage, though. <laughs> there was no chance of that. <laughs> I was going to, you know, I'd have a few little thank yous to say, maybe a little joke. Yep. And I was thinking about how much time I had. And the, and then by year three that we go and lose, because there were, what, ten years? Went, no, yeah, it couldn't be ten. We were eight, eight. Eight. I guess eight years we yep. went and lost. You know, we, we were nominated and lost. And then after year three, it's like, no, no. I, you know, I, I, I play my guitar. <laughs> Take my guitar and play just like yesterday. Then I get on my knees and pray we won't get fooled again. I learned that. You right. know, you know, you, you know I'm not going to show up. And then the first three years after we just kept losing, I had excuses for why I couldn't make it. Then the last couple of years, it was just like that. <laughs> I mean, no one even asked. No one even suggested that we show up. You know, you're nominated for an Emmy. Okay, yeah. I know they're just going to mock me. They'll have my lanyard made of gimp and they'll hold it up and say it's not that good. Is anybody? It's, yeah, it's called a, it's called a gimp lanyard, and it is made of gimp. Is what they call it. That's is that what true? It's called. That's true. Does yeah. someone write that in? Or you look it up. That's what people wrote in, and I looked it up. And yeah, that's what you buy when you go. You buy it. Buy it's gimp. called gimp. You buy gimp. Yeah. Now, investigating why it's called gimp <laughs> yeah. is the beginning and you buy it by of the a flock. sexual you get a thriller flock of movie. <laughs> and do they have the lanyard that I made was bright orange and bright blue together. Okay. Now, that's somebody's colors, I imagine, on a football team or something, and probably a football team that would be playing today, which is why no one is listening to us right now. <laughs> why we're talking into a vacuum. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, the Emmys. Uh, we uh, uh, I was felt like you know we, we weren't going to remember. And then I was sitting next to Godot, and one of the guys, uh, Gary Stockdale, who did the music for Bullshit, um, was also uh, music directing. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the Emmy Award Show. He had a band there, and when you're music director of the Emmy Award Show, you have a headset on. 
so they can tell you when to play. But the headset also lets you hear everything the director says and what the cameramen say back to them. So Stockdale, while he was getting ready to conduct the band, was laughing on the bandstand uncontrollably. And afterwards, he came over to me and had to tell me why he was laughing. Uh, The director (laughs) said to all the cameramen, I need a shot of a celebrity. And one of the cameramen said, I have Penn Jillette of Penn & Teller. And the director said, good, let's go. He looks bored shitless. We can't use that. <laughs> you know, they had, you know, and the reason I'm there besides to be mocked, uh, the reason I was there is that you get some FaceTime on TV, right? Sure. Yeah. That's part yeah. of the reason. And I thought, man, I really thought, and I think you can see this in the boardroom of Celebrity Apprentice. You mm-hmm. can see this in uh, Backstage at Dancing with the Stars. You can see this um, when uh, sometimes when Pierce Morgan is talking. Right. They show a shot of my face. And I'm swearing to you, I'm <laughs> swearing to you that in my heart and my mind, all I'm thinking is, boy, I'm doing a really good job at looking interested yeah. and happy. I'm really <laughs> doing a great, great job. I really am coming off. I'm not coming off as a sour, bitter psycho. I have really found a way. Look at my face. My face has a light smile on it. (laughs) I'm relaxed. My shoulders are down. I am just, there's nothing aggressive. I am just enjoying what's going on. (laughs) That's what, now all I'm thinking in these thoughts, I'm not listening to a Uh thing that's going on. I'm just thinking there might be a camera on me, so I better look. Try to stay alive. (laughs) Yeah. And then I sometimes see those shots of what I thought was, you know, me looking pleasant. Right. And this is, you know, in the pre-electronic age, you would never know this. But what you see on my face is so much more accurate than what I think I am projecting. (laughs) I believe, you know, when Obama was supposed to be transparent, I believe I am completely transparent because I have gone to shows where I have sat there going, man, this sucks, but I'm going to laugh and applaud enthusiastically, and I'm going to be pleasant because I just don't want the conflict. And people say afterwards, whoa, you hated that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And I'll go, I was smiling. I was laughing. I was applauding. And they go, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, did, did There's just no, no way at all. And that's what I mean on the Emmys. I think that we were nominated in order to mock us. And that they, they, yeah. Also, they're never going to say, now, why did you tell me this, Gudo? You worked, you worked for, you worked on bullshit. By about four or five years in, we figured this out. Yeah. They're not going to open the envelope and say, and the winner is bullshit. They're just not going to say that sentence because it's true. And there's a level to how much truth you can say on TV. And if they said, and the winner for best show for the Emmy is bullshit, they would have used up all their truth quota for that month. (laughs) Now, they couldn't say any, even a whisper of something true on any of the networks for a whole month if they said the Emmys is bullshit, you know, on TV. Couldn't get away with that. So we were never, ever going to win. It's really called GIMP. It is. It really is. So it wasn't it crazy? No. Did you ever make they a win out of GIMP? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. In and you never used GIMP at all. Is that right, man? Nope. No GIMP. You never did I either? played with GIMP. You did. <laughs> That's what we call my dog. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. The yes, Internet's lead. That was no segue at all. No, it was I decided that, was... that segues always sound so fake. I'm just not fuck it. I don't think they do at all, Pen. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking interested and happy, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, Tinnet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than a hundred thousand downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. The audiobook that I would consider 
is Pendulette. Every day is an atheist holiday. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Sunday School. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Sunday School. You, know you listen to an audiobook now? I, you know what? Actually, I was looking at it today, and they have all of Feynman's physics lectures. And I didn't oh, download really? them yet, but boy, am I excited to spot that. Woo, boy. I read, oh. uh, I read the book QED uh-huh. by Feynman. It was too hard for me. Maybe right. hearing it on audio. Hearing it is amazing. It's Feynman a is a wonderful lecturer and a very clear mm. and concise and uh, makes things really understandable. And with the accent, you can kind of pretend you're listening to Art Carney and Exactly. Now, are you listening to an audiobook? I am, actually. I'm listening, listening to uh, Watership Down. Which Why? Is, I, that's bunnies. It's, yeah. It's, uh, you got a problem with rabbits? <laughs> you want to take this outside, buddy? Huh? Wow. Bunny. Do this outside, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Come on, bunny. I didn't know this was going to turn so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, are you listening to an audio book there, uh? Yes, I'm listening to uh, <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire book by R.R. R. Martin. Are you really? No. I'm just reading, it, reading it right off the front page of the website because I was afraid you were going to ask me that. <laughs> yeah, that's audible. Well, you should sign up. It's great. Check it out. It's Listen good. to it in your car, baby. I should. I should. No, I have listened to audiobooks on audible.com, but I didn't have a new book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start up a, a new audiobook. I used to listen to them all the time, and then for some reason I kind of faded away. But I think I'm going to I'm going to start up again. Good idea. I think it's, I think it's a really good idea. So uh, 20 years ago, 20 years ago this week, we did our first show. Yeah, you you keep a diary, don't you? Like I a little do, girly, like a little girl diary, and I diary and I do my nails and I take bubble baths. Yeah, um, and I wear a ponytail on top of my head. And, chat on the phone about guys. And you also text me all the time, what you thinking? <laughs> all the time. Sub. Um, and I started uh, writing in a journal uh, as soon as I got a computer. Because before I got a computer, I, I can't read my own writing. Yeah, of course. I'm like, what's, what's his name? The new Secretary of the Treasury, Lou? Have you seen his signature? Yeah. No. It's just circles. <laughs> circles. It's little, little circles. It's amazing. People are flipped and out. People are saying, look up, look up uh, Lou's signature. It'll make you laugh out loud. Uh, uh, he's Secretary of the Treasury. And they're talking about how they can't put his signature on bills. Because yeah, it'll look too lives. stupid. <laughs> and who's in charge of approving penmanship for federal law? <laughs> I think we all are. I think that's the point that we don't want to uh, get. <laughs> Have you found the signature yet? I'm looking. I'm, I'm sure that Ready Rich will. He's going to beat you to it. It's what we're sure of. Yeah, we'll pop it up. It's, it's, it's just uh, circles. It is it's just circles. Yeah. Of circles. It's yeah. just. Uh, did you find it, Matt? I'm still looking. I just, L- L-O, like Lou, like the name Lou? Yeah, there's a picture of it compared to uh, Hostess Cupcakes. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it looks like. Maybe. <laughs> I knew I recognized it. Yes, that is <laughs> That's the man who's been writing on my cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a better signature than mine. Because yeah, mine like a, is illegible without personality. Yep. Yeah, that's what mine is. It's so, fast. Yours is fast. Really fast. Really fast. Because I was just, oh, I, I can't say what I was just looking at. I was looking at something that's going to be coming out with my signature on it. But that would, <laughs> that would violate uh, huge contracts. Something coming out with your signature on it. Yeah. Oh, can we just spend 10 minutes guessing? <laughs> no, because if you guess correctly, I could find $5 million. Okay. So no, da, no, da, da, da. no is the answer. Mm. Super Bowl football. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway. Line of fruit roll-ups. <laughs> Shut up. That's fine. <laughs> Just give us uh, cupcakes. Host us cupcakes. <laughs> anyway, my signature, I actually thought, bills. I considered uh, starting January 1st, 2013 with a new signature. Because <laughs> wow. I said, you know, I've been embarrassed by my signature. Mm-hmm. And I sign it, you know, hundreds of times a night. Right. Maybe I should have one I'm not ashamed of. And then I went no further than that thought crossing my mind. <laughs> you know, because Tiny Tim... Changed to left-handed when he was 30. Wow. He just decided to change and changed the ukulele and everything. Just changed what hand that he was. Hey. And, I, and I thought if he can do that, I could change my – because I look at stuff that Teller signed mm-hmm. and it says Teller. And it's distinctive and crystal clear. And mine says <laughs> And like a child. And the reason I write so badly is that if I try to write clearly, it looks more like a child. <laughs> so I figure that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're um, – what Teller would talk about when, uh, when he was uh, working at, uh, as a school teacher. That sometimes when, when kids didn't know what the 
ending was supposed to be in Latin, they would just write it sloppy yeah. <laughs> and hope that he would figure it out. And that would automatically be, uh, be wrong. Be, yeah. you know. What I used to do in school, and I'm, I guess this no longer works, so I can uh, give away my secret, but um, uh, this, was, this worked great for me in chemistry and in physics. Um, I would say C attached graph, so work, and then I would staple a piece of graph paper onto the uh, report, right. and then I would rip it off. <laughs> There'd be a little piece <laughs> a corner. of graph yeah, paper sure, nice. of the corner on there. And uh, that worked a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, they never asked me you know, where it got lost. They figured that they're the ones that screwed it up, and uh, it worked really well. I would just take blank graph paper, staple it on, and then... Pull it right off, just like that. That is really good. I like that a lot. Now it doesn't work. Now it's computer. Yeah. So you, no, wait. No, as you own Tiny Tim collectibles. I do. I own some Tiny Tim collectibles. So is there a difference uh, between pre pre left hand and post left hand? How, how, maybe, did, how much work did he do to, before thirty? Maybe he turned to right handed. What? How much work did he do before he was thirty? Though I don't. Yeah, it's, I that, don't, that's right about in the middle of his success. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. I'm just trying to remember. I don't so remember how old he was. Is there a difference in price of a, of a right handed mm-hmm. autograph versus a left handed autograph? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know really. I don't. I haven't done enough research for this. But he changed. He changed from right to left handed. It was crazy. Because then you should rethink this. You, you might want to follow through on changing your signature. You yeah. change the <laughs> value of everything. Yeah, but I, I don't. I couldn't think of a signature, and then I saw you know Lou's signature with the, just the circles, yeah. and I thought, see, you can do something like that. <laughs> it looks like a, like a looks like, looks like like if you draw like a stick figure, and then and you're like, oh, but it's a rainy day, and then you just draw a little storm cloud in yeah. the sky. That's the signature that he has. That's going to be going on legal documents. Just draw a heart with an arrow like, through it on the on the on the, on the yeah, bills. It's just a yeah. stick figure storm cloud. Is now when you get an autograph from Jay Leno, yeah, you get your yeah. money's worth. Yeah. He writes Jay Leno clearly so you can read it and then draws a caricature of him with the chin and everything. I mean, he really, Jay Leno just does everything right. You know, he just, <laughs> he's so nice to everyone. It's amazing. You go out, you go out with Jay Leno, you know, he's for nice lunch man. or something, and every <clears throat> single person that comes up to him, he has a conversation with. There's no sense. He has all the time in the world for every fan, and he's as recognizable as, you know, Ron Jeremy. You yeah. know, he's just <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. Um, <laughs> but uh, so 20 years ago, uh, a little bit longer than 20 years ago, because I can't read my own writing, I started keeping a journal. And it was really funny because when I started my journal, I was 30 years old, and I actually said to people, you know, it's too late to start a journal because I think most everything's happened to me. (laughs) 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 You know, I said, well, we're off Broadway now, and this is kind of the end. And I guess maybe it is, but I I haven't been able to – so I write everything. So 20 years ago, we opened at Bally's, and it was considered to be really, really stupid to bring Penn & Teller to Vegas. Because um, both because of the opinion people had of us and they had of Vegas. And then we broke, and I say this all the time, uh, we broke the record for that room. We played the celebrity room. Mm-hmm. And it was the room that Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Liza Minnelli, George Carlin, everybody played that room. Yeah. That was the room. And we had the record for the most sales. Wow. We beat Sinatra. We beat Dean Martin. We beat Liza Minnelli. And you know Why? Because we were the only show that ever played there that had no comps. <laughs> there was not. We so the room was full with the other guys. Every time. But it was all Every Dino's single pals. time. It was only full one night with us. But that was the only night in their history. <laughs> there were no cops. You have no friends. We had no friends. No. We had the cop list for Penn and Teller. The whole crew was zero. And on top of that... No high rollers. <laughs> the <laughs> casino had no cops. Nobody, none of the whales that spend a lot of money wanted to see that. <laughs> and we had no friends. Everybody that came to the show just bought a ticket like a normal person, <laughs> and we sold out the room. So there was up on the Bally sign, which is just down the road from where we play at the Rio now. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge sign, gigantic sign. 
and it said Penn and Teller. I, I remember this. Penn and Teller. And uh, we were looking at the big sign with our names on it because we never we were on Broadway, you know, and we had there were big billboards and stuff in Times Square. But still, the size of this sign was astonishing. And then we saw because there's nothing to do when you're staying in a casino in Vegas. We (laughs) walked out to the sign and there was a door on the sign. You could go into the sign and tell her, tell her. And I said, uh, uh, well, you know, we should go in that door. And I, what's inside there? And then I said, well, we, sh- we should be able to find out our names on the sign. We should have some muscle. And, you know, we uh, at that time when you were a headliner, mm-hmm. you know, they put a full bar in your room, which mm-hmm. I just told them to take out. I didn't want any of the liquor. Right. And you had a limo and a valet all the time, which we never once used. We just stayed at the hotel and ate at the snack shop. You know what I mean? We didn't take reservations to the fancy places. We did none of the star stuff. As a matter of fact, we were told that of all the people that played the headliner room, another record, our tab was the lowest. You know, it was like a grilled cheese yeah, and a scrambled egg sandwich. We didn't even have riders in our dressing rooms. You know what I mean? We didn't even have like a fruit bowl there. It was just they brought stuff in. We went, oh, thanks. We didn't even know we were supposed to. Do Demand it. So we all of a sudden got uppity about being headliners in Vegas and said, we want to go inside the sign. <laughs> so we talked to Joel, who at that time was our boss sure. and now works with us. He works for us, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but at that time, he was our boss. Mm-hmm. And we called up Joel, who was the head of entertainment, you know, in his big fancy suit. And said, we want to ask a favor. And he said, what is it? He said, we want to go inside the sign. (laughs) Which I guess Tom Jones had never asked. Sinatra never asked. Liza Minnelli never said, I want to go inside the sign. You want to fuck who inside that sign? (laughs) And he said, no, 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 we're not going to screw anyone. We just want to go inside the sign. (laughs) They sent out a maintenance guy, the guy in charge of the sign. Yeah. You know? And, you you know, you climbed up the sign, and then you went out and changed the letters. And the letters are as big as a human being. Bigger, mm-hmm. you know, they put up there. So um, this maintenance guy comes out, and it's Joel, me, Teller, and the maintenance guy. And he opens the door, and there is a vertical ladder going up 100 feet. Just a regular rung ladder. <laughs> and it is covered with pigeon shit. Now, why <laughs> pigeons would go inside a sign to shit? is completely a mystery to me. Privacy. Yeah, privacy. It's clear. Uh, a mystery? I think everyone here knew that, but you. But you we, a little privacy. Yeah, I mean, sure, of course. When was the last time you took a dump in the street? <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, never mind. Uh, Good job. When was, was the last time you took a dump in the street? Yeah. Well, it my was, hip's been bad, so. It was, it, it was rhetorical. I'm was talking re- to a room full of jugglers, goddammit. <laughs> Shit everywhere we can. That's, that's a juggle motto. If you haven't, you're heard yet <laughs> postage rates are changing are changing again you know what that means the post office will be even more crowded than usual that's why i use stamps.com and so does dustin I don't do. you I send do. out your motorcycle parts what's the last mm-hmm. motorcycle part you sold uh just a, a fuel switch okay yeah uh i can buy and print official u.s postage right from my desk using my own computer and printer or in this case laura who works at our office <laughs> she's, she's your printer she, yeah she's my printer <laughs> stamps.com always updates the postage rates for you automatically and Unlike those postage meter companies, Stamps.com never charges a fee to do it. So with Stamps.com, you always get the exact postage you need for any letter or package the instant you need it. You'll never have to go to the post office again. I've been using Stamps.com for well, since we started the show. Yep, we made, we made people now. move over. Sure. And uh, you don't think you're going to use the post office with email, but you do because there's eBay. And you have to sell mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, it goes out and you need to have that postage meter. Yep. Not a postage meter. Stamps.com, which turns your computer into better than a postage meter. Right now, I have a special offer for you when you use my name, and my name is Penn, P-E-N-N. No risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Penn. That's P-E-N-N, Penn. That's Stamps.com. Enter Penn, P-E-N-N. So we climbed straight up this um, this ladder, 100 mm-hmm. feet in the air, okay? And uh, we're with Joel. <clears throat> 
Joel stopped. He went back down about a third <laughs> of the way up. Yeah, sure. He says now, I talked to him about it this morning. He said, uh, he said it wasn't fear. He was wearing a suit. <laughs> Didn't want the pigeon poop. But we have pigeon shit on our right. hands. And we're climbing up, and it's uh, it's an entire, it's like a hundred foot vertical tunnel full of pigeon shit. What's the <laughs> what's the order of the climbers on this? I don't remember clearly. I imagine the maintenance guy first, right? And mm -hmm. then I don't know whether it was me or Teller, and then Joel was last. So we had a fish like your shoes. Kicking, kicking pigeon shit, shit off the steps, like you get your yeah. giant size sixteen shoes. Maybe that's why Joel left. Maybe I was just <laughs> raining big pigeon shit on him. So we're climbing straight up, and you know, straight up a hundred foot—that's a long way. Vertical ladder is kind of scary. Yes, it is, and kind of there. And we get up to the very, t and then so I put a little something like this on Twitter. You know, I have I have a few Twitter followers. You know, it's Benjolette, B E N N J I L L E T T E. <laughs> And someone said, boy, that sure is a metaphor for your life, isn't it? Climbing with shit. Do shit <laughs> just to see your name in lights. <laughs> and I went, wow. You know, those are the metaphors that really hit you. Yeah. The ones you didn't even know that this was my life. Yeah. Climbing a vertical ladder with teller kicking pigeon shit in my face. <laughs> through entire pigeon shit in the dark. And this, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, acrophobic. You know, it's, mm -hmm. is that the right word? Agora. No, agoraphobic is outside. Yeah. So this would be uh, claustrophobic. Oh, fear of heights. Claustrophobic and heights. Yeah. It's both, and you're climbing up, dun, 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 dun. and then you get all the way up, and all you can say is, "Wow, this is big." You know, because you know you see you see the sign Penn and Teller from the ground, and you know it's big, right? But you don't expect the E to tower over you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's a little there's a little rock walkway there. You know, and the amazing thing is we didn't take a picture. That's a, that's what I was going to oh, ask. Yeah. It would be really cool to have a picture that says Penn and Teller, and then our two little silhouettes down under. That would be a beautiful That'd picture. Be a beautiful we didn't film, take yeah. it. It was just stupid. But I think that that uh, children. If you're thinking of entering show business, just picture yeah. <laughs> a vertical ladder 100 feet straight up covered in pigeon shit, and you climb to the top and then see your name wicked big. And, and then you die. There's a grilled cheese waiting for you when you get down. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is. You went right into the shop. Once you wash your hands, cheese. you can have some grilled cheese. <laughs> and, you know, I, we, worked, we worked at Valley's for months, and everybody else, you know, insists on a place off the strip they, in a limo to take the yeah, sure. We just stayed in regular rooms for like six weeks at Bally's. You See, know? I like that. I've done that a bunch. Mm -hmm. It's And great. then you go down. These are major casinos. They're designed for you not to leave. They yeah. have everything you need. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I would go into the coffee shop and have my breakfast, then look around the casino, and then wait. And then it was right about that time that we first went Jubilee was a uh, topless show. Mm -hmm. Still is. A great mm -hmm. show at, at Bally's. And uh, we wanted, we had a friend in the show and uh, who's still in our show, Georgie. Yeah, you know? sure. And she's still in, uh, she's in the Penn and Teller show. She, uh, she gets sawn into halves in the show. And uh, we work with Georgie all the time. So we went backstage to see her. And uh, Tell and I are standing backstage and there's, you know, whatever there are, show folks, show women who are out there topless. And one of the... Women comes by us mm -hmm. and says, a little bit angry, only a little angry. She says, you know, we're walking back here almost nude, and you're standing back here in your street clothes. It's really embarrassing and uncomfortable for us. Now, our argument was not, well, so are the people in the audience. <laughs> you know, they're wearing street clothes, and you're still topless out there. Why is two more backstage different? But I didn't want to make that argument because mm. it is her space. So instead, Tell and I took all our clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and when she walked back the next time, we were there naked. <laughs> and then Did Teller, you find that acceptable? Well, no. Then Teller put a headdress on. So Teller and I were standing naked backstage with Teller wearing a headdress, waving to the topless <laughs> women as they went by. And uh, it was about 15 seconds after that that a security guard grabbed us <laughs> and said, uh, get your clothes on, on, let's get out of here. And then escorted us 
off the off the <laughs> not off the property because we worked there. Yeah, we were the headliners, but got us out of Jubilee. We were no longer welcome there. But um, it was. I think it must have looked pretty funny. I mean, there's two pictures I would like to have. One picture is the <laughs> silhouettes of us on the side, yeah. Ben and Teller, and the other picture is the two of us backstage, just butt-ass naked, with Teller wearing a headdress, waving to the showgirls. Now, if you could only have one picture. <laughs> <laughs> had a choice of one, one, of one picture, yeah. which would I take? So, uh, I've worked in that show backstage with the naked women, and you know, if you're in your show costume, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no concern. They yeah. just walk by and say, hi, how are you going? <laughs> it's really odd. Yeah, I remember Johnny Johnny Thompson was once uh, working in that show. You know, Johnny Thompson's yeah. best magician ever lived and works with us. Great dove guy, taught Lance uh, yeah. all his dove stuff. He worked with a show called The Great Thompsonian Company. You know, the greatest Polish magician, a great act. Uh, which we're going to do, incidentally. We're going to take over his act. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are. We'll I know. It. And... Um, Johnny was backstage. He's loaded with doves, you know. The great thing about doing a dove production act is you lose 30 pounds during the show. You go on, like, really fat. There's a scene in A, in a, in a Hard Day's Night, right, where uh, where uh, there's a magician following the Beatles, which was actually true on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm-hmm. And John Lennon pats him on the back, and he, he crosses out the number of doves he has and puts fewer <laughs> as the feathers fall out. When you saw Lance walk on stage for his dove act, he looked like kind of a portly guy. And at the end, all the doves have appeared. He's skinny. Um, so you kind of know where the doves are hidden. So Johnny's standing back there waiting to go on. And Johnny's wife, Pam, was the end company of Thompsonian Company, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Pam was one of the first uh, people to have silicone implants. Mm-hmm. She had uh, just enormous rack yeah. that she got of plastic. And um, and uh, so she she'd be back there waiting, and one of the showgirls uh, took Pam aside and told Pam, ratting him out, that Johnny was standing in the wings and pushing himself up so that maybe he'd rub against the uh, the women a little bit as they were walking in and out. Accused him of this <laughs> in a catty fashion, which is obviously not true. It's right. just when you have. You know, twenty living things hiding yeah, under your a, coat. A bowling ball. Yeah, a bowling, a bowling ball too. He had hiding. There's only so many places you can stand. You know, yeah. so they would walk by him. And Pam said, um, "No, no, no, no. He doesn't want to rub against your tits. Look at the size of these." <laughs> that was, that's the kind of wife you want. Someone who that's the argument. That they uh, that they have. <laughs> well, you hear about that with like like uh, uh, stars filming uh, love scenes and, and the and the kind of like rules and who's allowed, who's not allowed on set for the filming of certain love scenes. And I always think that's also crazy because it's so that millions of people can see it. Yeah, right. so that we have that same issue when we're taping when we're taping bullshit. You know what I mean? Sometimes they'll go, "Well, we, we have to have a closed set. We're going to have naked people on the show today." You know we're, we're taping them for TV, right? <laughs> Three or four more of our pals is not going to... Okay, yeah. Never mind. And those pals may very well watch the show. Yeah. yeah. They're more assume. likely to watch the show than the people in the general public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Well, I don't understand how, if you're in show business, you can be shy at all. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you have not appeared naked on stage, you're simply not in show business. I mean, mm-hmm. if that's part of the job, it's what you do. You know, right. and Teller and I, and I've said this before, and I won't go into it very much, uh, were the first full frontal male nudes in Las Vegas. In that Bally show, we did a gag where we wanted to show nothing up our sleeves, and then kept going and stripped completely naked, and then did our did the whole act with t-shirts on that had been examined. So we were, I mean, we thought to ourselves, we know where the money is: middle-aged fat guys <laughs> on stage naked <laughs> in Vegas. That's where the money is, and. Um, Turns out it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> uh, I just don't understand that. It seems like if you don't want to be naked in public, don't be in show business because you're going to do it literally and metaphorically. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up at some point that you do it. You've been naked on stage, right? I have, actually. Yeah. I, was, I was doing that check and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that. <laughs> have you been uh, No, not physically, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done emotionally no, or emotionally? Not, emotionally, not yes. Fully nude. Yeah. Emotionally, when did you get fully nude on stage? Um, <laughs> there's two stories. Um, <laughs> One was as Santa. <laughs> One was uh, my comedy group in college. We set the tradition we call the hut hut. Uh-huh. Um, that's just when you dropped your pants 
and covered covered your junk and then went hut 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 in a line. And we used to try to do that at every comedy festival we did. So we wanted to brag about how many states we did a hut hut in. But then there's a time where uh, I uh, I kind of flipped out and moved to the Virgin Islands for a year. I've heard I've heard that about yeah, 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 that yeah, flip yeah. out time. Uh, but our, our comedy group still had a very uh, uh, loyal and, and pretty big following in, in, in Jersey and New York and stuff like that. And so, What was the name of the comedy group? Possible Side Effects. Okay. You should say that because some people go, oh, he's, he's got a possible side effect. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. The, the numbers don't add up, I don't think. Uh, but, but uh, uh, yeah, so, so, so we, 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 we decided to play a bit where we rigged that we were kidnapped uh-huh. when we left. Uh, the comedy group since we were wanting to come back so so we would leave no one asked questions of where we were at we want to make it a comedy bit instead of talking about me being maniacally depressed um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we had this thing where we had it was like we are monkeys and we had this army that would leave messages on our message board and, and, and kind of update people as to and, and give clues as to where we were at and what we were doing my buddy Steve Booth and I um, and we were just doing two person shows down in the Virgin Islands uh, and living in tree houses in Maho Bay and um <laughs> When we came back, we left these like very mysterious messages that like something was going to happen at the show, and so uh, the show that we returned about a year later, it was actually like a packed house and people waiting to see where we were at. So, so we thought to mess with them, we would the lights would come up for the opening of the show, and instead of us coming out as, as usual as a regular comedy group, it would just be Steve and I naked on stage, looking very confused. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we did that. The lights came up, and we were just like naked and looking around. Everyone just you know. Applauds and goes wild, and we just look like we don't know where we are and what's going on, and stuff like that. And then we just pull the lights down again, play the same exact intro music, and then we got dressed really quick and came out on stage like we normally do. All oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Now, Dustin, uh, has uh, you, you kind of monitor our mm-hmm. in touch with the outside world. Has Discovery Channel called <laughs> and said that we're doing season two of Penn and Teller Tell a Lie? No. no have they we're, called we're still Banking? Waiting. We're, we're still okay, we gave him five that. minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we five. We've actually given him forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Give him forty-five. Than minutes. That's more than that's more than we could ask. It's more than we. So you know, as you know, Discovery mm-hmm. Channel is doing a big, giant squid show next week, and uh, we wanted to let them have the scoop. Absolutely. But if they are not going to come through with Ben and Teller Tell a Lie, <laughs> I think we have to make good in our threats. Otherwise, it means nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. It mm-hmm. was not a threat. It was just stating what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. So we are about to scoop the Discovery Channel with our squid expert, Rich. Rich, you there? No, 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 no sound. Uh, you know what this is? Discovery owns the media. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, bringing, they're, they're bringing them down here. <laughs> Rich is laughing, so apparently he can hear us. <laughs> Are you there? Are you just fine? Yeah, my super loud stuff. No, you're okay. Okay, good. There he is. Perfect. Hey, Hi, Rich. There. Now, hey, you, guys. Let's, you, you have to reintroduce yourself. What, what makes you so smart to talk about squid? Uh, I was a juggler and an improviser for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so you, that does it. Where do you work now? Well, now I work at the, uh, what's the best way to say that? At the Steinhardt Aquarium in the California Academy of Sciences in Golden Gate Park. And you are the invertebrate, right? I'm the vertebrate? Invertebrate. Aren't you I the, am the invertebrate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in charge. I, I help uh, keep the living collection alive and make sure the displays look good and things like that. And I've been doing it as a hobby for a million years. Uh, and uh, and last time, if you recall, you might. I don't know if you know if you know this, Matt, but last time Rich was on, he was talking about the woman who had um, uh, squid sperm uh, digging into her mouth. Ugh. She improperly cooked a squid. Mm-hmm. She broke the sperm sack when she was eating it, and the uh, the sperm of the squid are very aggressive. And she had to go to the hospital with like little tadpole squid sperm <laughs> sticking all out of her mouth. And yeah. we called Rich as our expert on that. And it was a very popular show, Rich. Yes. <laughs> I bet. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad. Do you have anything to add to that story? Except that you're now That's... wearing face protection when you dissect the uh, the squid sack, sperm and sack. No, Sperman. But, but I was thinking it would be fun to kind of recreate that for you two. <laughs> but, but I haven't had the guts to do it yet. All right, would you be willing to have uh, squid sperm in your mouth? Oh, man, did I just step into this one? Uh, <laughs> we'll take that as a yes. I, I, I got to say I would. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Whoa. You would? What? Well, it's not going to hurt you at all. It's going to just what? wiggle around, and it's going to feel really weird. And 
I, I think that would actually be a cool thing to be able to say that that happened. <laughs> would sure make you more popular on our show. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you are. Uh... Maybe that could be the new footage for Discovery it, Channel. I thought we it, could have another special. I thought it drilled. Dumb guy puts squid sperm in mouth. I thought it drilled into her, uh, her, 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 her mouth. It digs in. I can't believe it would be not uncomfortable, but uh, I can't believe it would be terribly horrible either. Well, I think we have maybe the one-year anniversary special of Penn Sunday School <laughs> because you have uh, you have uh, you have opportunity <laughs> and, motive. and motive. Well, the motive is the confusing part. Uh, you you actually have access to squid sperm more readily than anyone in this room, right? Certainly. Yeah. Uh, Yes, because I know where Korean market is. <laughs> we have to talk about that seriously. But in yeah. the interim, okay. while we're waiting for that exciting moment, um, what has Discovery got and how can we scoop them? Uh, the scoop would be uh, me doing this with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got a video of, of a giant squid. Uh, and it's not just, you know, crappy video. Uh, like we have some bad video of it at the surface uh, from a couple of years ago. But this is video of, of uh, five or six different animals, a uh, thousand feet, a thousand meters underwater, uh, doing their regular thing. And no one's ever seen that before. And it's, it's really exciting um, because it's going to show us this animal in a way we've never seen it before. So we'll kind of find out a little bit more or a lot more, depending on what, they, uh, what they've actually come up with, about how the animal actually acts. Is it a passive swimming animal or a passive hunting animal? Is it an aggressive animal? Um, so it's a, just a, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Wicked big eyes, right? Big, big, big Wicked. eyes. Wicked big eyes. There's actually two of these big squids, and they get confused a lot. There's the, the giant squid, which is the one we're looking at, and then um, the colossal squid, which so is they're, they're, they're more rated, massive. They're rated the precisely, squid. precisely like olives. Is that right? Precisely like olives? Olives, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't yes. there giant olives, colossal olives? Uh, yeah. They all so. have those names, yeah. So they're uh, two... Pimentos inside them as well. So <laughs> now their eyes are the size of soccer balls, right? Yeah, dinner plates. the The colossal squid, uh, the one that uh, they were able to dissect, had uh, after it was rethought, had a twenty seven centimeter eyeball, and they think it was between thirty and forty centimeters when it was alive. So these are huge eyes. Is, that, is really that the colossal so, or the giant? Say again. Which is bigger, the colossal or the giant? The colossal is bigger. It's okay. got bigger eyes. And so these are videos of giant squid. These are videos of giant squid. Okay. Giant squid is, the, is a longer animal when you add it all up with its arms and its mantle, which is its body, and its tentacles. Uh, the, they get to about uh, 40, 45 feet long. Mm -hmm. That's Say that sentence long. again. Say that sentence again. How Say long? that again. How long? About, about 45 feet long. Whoa. That is nuts. nuts. <laughs> now, how accurate, you know, M Melville in Moby Dick has a chapter yeah. about the giant squid. Yeah. How it's accurate is he? Uh, as accurate as the book Bigfoot footage is. It's <laughs> 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 actually heard that this squid footage, uh, we're going to see the arms of the squid moving, and it's clearly going to be a man in a squid costume. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the image is stabilized, you'll go, stupid. <laughs> yes. But when we say 45 feet long, you know, squid have different body parts. So, the, you know, the body, the mantle of the giant squid is only about seven feet long, seven, eight feet long. And then the arms are, you know, another um, eight or 10 or 20 feet long. And then the tentacles, which are uh, the things that kind of a, a squid will shoot out to actually catch its prey, uh, are even longer than that. So it's, it's not like this squid body is 42 feet long, which would be insane. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds way more sane. Yeah. <laughs> Eight foot squid body is pretty fucking insane. That's some big calamari. <laughs> and what are they? And the, colo the colossal, the body is um, what's the mantle length? It's uh, fourteen feet. Oh, so the colossal has a much bigger body, but overall length is much smaller. And what are, what are the differences in where they live? That, 
uh, what we think, <laughs> this, this, this is the great exciting science part, we think um, that they're all over the world. Well, the, 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 uh, giant, the colossal squid, I mean, excuse me, so confusing, giant and colossal, they're so similar. The, um, the giant squid is all over the world at depth, and the colossal squid, I think the last one was found in the Ross Sea. Uh, we, we know less about them and more a little bit about the uh, giants, so. Like, in your, in your personal chronology, like, what, like your, your history, mm-hmm. what were your feelings and how they changed on giant squid? Was it a legend to you at first, or did you think they always existed? Uh, I thought they always existed. I mean, we knew there were squid. <laughs> that, that was pretty obvious. But uh, <laughs> and, and it seemed, made a lot of sense that there would be bigger squid. Uh, but uh, when I started looking into the stuff when I was, you know, uh, you know, 10, 12 years old, there were stories about the squid being, you know, 100 feet long or 80 feet long. And um, that, that was pretty quickly debunked because uh, they would stretch the squid out as long as they could. You know, to get the longest mm. length, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's you can stretch them quite a bit, so like forty feet extra. Um, oh wow! So I thought they were there, uh, and you know, we we still don't know how big the biggest giant or colossal squid is. We we don't we you know we only know the biggest ones we've seen. And how long how long do they live? Do you know, we know that? Clue. What? No clue. clue. No idea. No idea. They grow pretty quickly, just like all cephalopods do, uh, at least initially. Uh, but we have no idea how old they are or how long they live. Or at least I, maybe, maybe on the video, they've got like a little... Um, <laughs> One swims by and you can see his birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the squid birthers. <laughs> Donald Trump is running around going, we need the birth certificates on these colossal squid. Um, and what do they eat? <coughs> They eat a whole bunch of different things. It looks like from gut contents um, that they eat mostly other squids. Wow. Oh, my really? gosh. Mostly other squid? Mostly other squid, different species of squid. Well, I guess that, you know, I guess lions eat mostly other mammals, right? I mean. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, it's also, like, explains why there might be a mystery to them. <laughs> yeah. There's only one at any one time. Like, in other words, I think, like, thank goodness they eat each other. <laughs> if they ate anything else, we'd be doomed. Now, and, and, what, what allows them to be this big at that depth? Doesn't depth crush big things? Uh, well, but they, uh, well, it crushes things if there's airspaces of them, if they're all fluid-filled or tissue-filled, they're not going to get crushed. Oh, I see, yeah. But they are down in the uh, area where there's less oxygen, so that's an interesting bit of how they're surviving. Uh, you know, way down there, and so the, one of the ideas is that they are not big, aggressive hunters uh, because there's just not enough oxygen to support that. Um, and also, it looks like uh, on the giants, but their eyes are so big that their head might actually be really fragile, so they might not be aggressive uh, eaters of other things that might hurt them. They might be big chickens. They're uh, uh, casual cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunistic cannibals. They, uh, uh, they, do they see really well? Do big eyes help you see better? Big eyes uh, my see deer? Better, and uh, one of the ideas is that this, they swim around looking upwards and uh, detect um, you know differences in the light above them. Oh, silhouette, sure. Sure. One of the ways they got, they actually got the squid. They went down, they were down for like uh, over 400 hours in total over six weeks. And uh, they saw five of these things. And what they did was they baited a bait squid and they put a a flashing light on it, like to mimic bioluminescence. And one of the ideas is that prey items actually start to bioluminesce when they're being attacked uh, to attract bigger animals to come and eat the thing that's eating them. So uh, I'm sure they'll have Whoa. more to say about that. That's really good thinking. Yeah, yeah. Here on, yeah. in the article it says they use ultra-sensitive camera systems with light invisible to squid, bioluminescent lures, and secret, secret squid attractants. Wow. Yeah, secret attractants. I think that's <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Chanel number five. <laughs> <laughs> They just It's Brad Pitt in black and white. Uh, how smart are the squid? How, how smart are the squid? Yeah. Oh, no. You don't know? No idea. 
Uh, we, I, I don't know. Um, there, there seems to be some, I, I, no, I don't really know. There does seem to be uh, some footage of one of the squid kind of attacking the cameras. Um, so stupid. But, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> now, did they, did they get it? Did you get any of this footage early before Discovery showing it? No, there's nothing early coming out about this at all. There was, there was uh, some of the footage was up for about an hour on YouTube before uh, NHK aired it. But uh, then it's gone. And uh, some of the people that I know uh, that are directly involved, you know, uh, they haven't even been able to take a look at the footage. Uh, and uh, they've been told they get the big slap down if they say anything about it. So uh, all we know is just a little bit that uh, they say the, the footage is fantastic and the animal is beautiful and elegant, are the words they keep using. Wow. Hmm. Wow. And can they talk? <laughs> can it? <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, Rich Little was a squid. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they also do impressions, right? Now, Sam Jr. Hi, I'm Savvy Damus Jr. And- <laughs> That's true. You can do whatever voice you want for them. They don't know. The squids don't know who that person is. So you can do whatever you want. So um, uh, what else? Tell us something else about the squid. The squid? I was thinking that, uh, let me tell you about the vampire squid. You want to know about Yes, we want to know all about oh, the vampire yeah. squid. Vampire squid is a smaller kind of red thing, and it's called Vampirotuthus infernalis, and the devil squid. And it turns out... Now, you say a little thing, smaller. How big? Tell us how big. I think they're only about a foot long. They're not that huge. Mm, okay. And, is that the mantle, or is that the tentacles? Good, good. <laughs> ben is a learning. Now, that depends. I mean, that's an interesting question, because do you, you measure from the base of the nuts or from the shaft? <laughs> <laughs> the right answer is nuts, right? Oh, never mind. Okay, tell us about the vampire. It looks more like an octopus, actually. So it's, it's, it doesn't have that kind of long squid shape. Um, and they pull up into a ball, and they look really scary. Uh, but it turns out, and they leave even deeper, so not much oxygen at all. It turns out they have these long filaments. I'm gesturing again. It's awesome, right? Um, these long filaments, and what those do is uh, they're sticky, and the stuff will green snow drifts down, which is all the detritus from everything that lives up near the surface. Um, so dead things and poo and bits of animals and bits of zooplankton. And these long filaments actually collect and then they drag these filaments through their, their arms, and then uh, then they bring all that stuff into a bigger mass, and they eat that. So they're, they're not hunting at all. They're just floating around waiting for stuff to stick to them to eat. So they just look goth? Is that why they're called vampire squid? They're not sucking on anything. Yeah, you, you sounded like a... a yeah, okay. So they, they look goth, as I think, in the pictures. They, that's why they're called the vampire squid. They don't, uh, they're not actually vampiring anything, right? anything at all but they look super cool they look like something you'd see on a science fiction tv show cool i think it's getting close to more like the robert pattinson type of vampire it <laughs> looks really cool but otherwise it's kind of vapid and <laughs> otherwise eats shit <laughs> <laughs> looks cool eats shit very twilight very very twilight <laughs> well rich we're going to talk to you again uh, after the special airs, and we're also going to talk to you again in a very special Penn Sunday School <laughs> when you fill your virgin mouth with squid sperm. Okay. Oh, I think uh, I think my family will be proud. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you again. Boy, we should have Rich on like every week. Yeah, he's like, fascinating. He's just the best. You know what you need to accomplish at the start of the new year? What you need? You know you need to think about legal protection uh-huh. for your family and business. This and where do you turn for affordable? What's that? This has nothing to do with squids at all. Yes, it does. Squid also die. Squid also need legal protection. But where do you turn for affordable legal solutions you can trust? LegalZoom.com. With an A rating from the Better Business Bureau, LegalZoom has been helping families and businesses get personalized legal protection for the past 12 years. Whether you need to incorporate your business, form an LLC, or protect your family with a will or living trust, all LegalZoom documents are state-specific, and their step-by-step process makes it simple. And with LegalZoom, you can even access an 
extensive network of legal plan attorneys for guidance. You know what? In fact, this week I went on LegalZoom.com and did my last will and testament, and it was great. Super fast. Took 10 minutes. Really? Took 10 minutes. It's inexpensive, yeah, and uh, state-specific. And if you're just leaving stuff to your wife and kids, it was really easy and fast. If you're just leaving stuff to your wife and kids. Excuse me? (laughs) What? Just leaving. If, you're, if you are leaving, if your plan is the noble <laughs> joy of leaving things for your wife and children, then and it was very simple. And your friend Penn. Well, yeah. And uh, your friend Matt. And well, your I just brought Dustin. that up yeah, in case someone else were leaving stuff to only their wife and children. Myself, okay. oh. I left it to you. Everything. Right? Oh, you <laughs> promised me your gumbo recipe. When you <laughs> it's online. <laughs> Legal. Well, that but it went really well. Right? It was really fast. Really easy. Good, good, good. LegalZoom is not a law firm. You can get self-help services at your specific direction, or you can speak to a legal plan attorney to get your questions answered and get ongoing advice. They really do call you back. Before another year passes, before another year passes you by, <laughs> cross a couple things off your New Year's checkout check checklist today at LegalZoom.com and save a pile of money while doing it. Enter PEN to be in the referral box at the checkout for even more savings at LegalZoom.com. And you know what? Once you're done with it, um, once you finish it, uh, they have a lawyer actually review it or someone reviews it to make sure that it's all done correctly before they send it to you. So it's pretty great. You did leave stuff to us, right? So, yeah, of course. Sure, of course you did. Um, this is eVoice. You know about eVoice? Yeah. eVoice is what busy professionals use to save time and work smarter. eVoice converts all of your voicemails to text and sends it directly to your cell phone. No more interrupting your day to check voicemail or waiting until a meeting after a meeting to find out what's going on. With eVoice, your calls will always be rooted to you no matter where you are. eVoice also comes with your own conference line for up to 94 participants on one single call. It all starts for less than less than $10 per month. But right now, you have a special offer for our podcast listeners. You can get an eVoice free. You get eVoice free for six months with no obligation. Six months free, no obligation. For your free six-month trial, go to www.evoice.com slash School or click on the eVoice link on my website. Cool. You can always go to pensundayschool.com, click on the eVoice link, or just uh, www.evoice.com slash Sunday School, Pen Sunday School. I left out the pen. Uh, <laughs> www.evoice.com, Pen Sunday School. Uh, I guess it's just Pen Sunday School. There's no dot That's com it. after that. That's slash Pen Sunday School. And go and click and try out eVoice. It's six months. It's free. free. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? And if you go to PenSundaySchool.com, you can also uh, click right through to Amazon. If you clear your cookies, you can buy whatever you want, including my book, of course, which is Pen Gillette Every Day is an Atheist Holiday, which is available and also available on uh, Audible.com. It all ties together. If you do like our show, please do subscribe at iTunes. You know, it is free. And give us a, a nice rating would be very, yeah. very pleasant. We uh, we enjoy doing the show and want to keep doing it. So uh, yeah. help us out. Every year or so, many of us make the resolution to spend more time with family and friends and less time in the office while trying to be more productive and work smarter. But that can be impossible. Unless you do what I do, and I do do this, use Go to My PC, the powerfully simple tool from Citrix that keeps you connected to your business wherever you are. Go to My PC remotely connects you to the entire office computer from any Mac, PC, tablet, or smartphone. You can work, you can securely access your network, work at any program, save, edit, or send any file. Go to My PC frees you from the office while allowing you to be productive and more efficient. Work from home or even on the go from anywhere, wherever you need to. Plus, it's easy to use, and I'm telling you, it is easy to use because I installed it by myself. <laughs> Some of the other stuff I'm talking about, our office doing it. I did this by myself. Try try. Go to my PC today with a special 45-day free trial just for my listeners.